Last time on Montreal Sauce. Well, you know, what you do is you just, you know, you put it in a tube. You know, like you put cash in a tube. Yeah. And then you take it to the border and you fire it over the fence like a, like a drug lord. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Right. This is, I like this idea. So, yeah, I guess we've been talking about it here and there, but uh, – I guess we never described or you never sort of gave us the whole uh, dot breakdown. Like uh, what kind of – I know it's it's multiplayer. I know what it is. But for our listeners, what, what are they uh, getting into when they're playing dot? So um, uh, basically the idea came around because of Extra Life, the charity. And I was sitting uh, there for – I guess it would be about two years ago now, a bit over maybe – Anyway, yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, I was sitting around at Extra Life. They're kicking off the event. They had our mayor and uh, one of the city councilors and someone from the Liberal Party and Mike House from the um, from the Stollery uh, kick off the event with a four player game. And uh, and so uh, I was sitting there watching it, and uh, the game was Towerfall Ascension, which is a fantastic game. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm certainly not gonna knock it because I think it's great, um, but. I thought, wouldn't it be cool if we kicked off the event with a game that was made here in Edmonton? And so I'm like, well, what that, that defines the parameters of the game I want to make right there. So I want to make a game that's at least four players and um, is easy to pick up and play because it could it'll be four players who are sitting down to play it for the first time, possibly in front of um, you know a news crew, which it was at the time, and. Um, and uh, and then and at the time I was also like, and it should be, um, it should be a VR game because you know VR is getting it was just getting big and getting a lot of buzz at the time, and I was like, it'll certainly be uh, catching up to the popular media by the time the next Extra Life rolls around. People will be super interested in it, so it'll get lots of attention for the event and hopefully more funds for the hospital. And so I was like, there we go. I, you know, I need a four player game um, in VR that's easy to pick up and play. And I've always been a big Pac-Man fan. I've always been a big Bomberman fan and Pango. And like, I loved all those old maze games of the, you know, eighties. Right. So, um, so then, you know, I just, uh, I kind of let the idea stew around for a while and then Microsoft announced their codename Goa um, contest, which was to build a game using Microsoft Azure as the back end. And I was like, well, this is it. Like, I'm, I'm going to need a back end for the multiplayer stuff. So let's start building. So I started building it. And uh, basically, um, there's two modes. Right now, there's only one mode, which is the, the combat mode, um, which is everyone enters the maze and you have you start with two powers a physical power and uh ranged power so the physical power uh power that's in right now is just a dash so you can dash straight ahead down the down your current aisle and if you bash into another player you take away one of his lives and it's based on old arcade rules everyone has three lives and uh but because it's in vr it needed to have more depth than just one maze so there's multiple mazes floating in space that you can warp from one to another and then when you look up you can see someone going across the walls or the ceiling or all around you and you can throw bombs across from maze to maze at each other as well and that's basically the game 
Uh, the co-op mode is going to be more of almost a tower defense. You'll have a central point that everyone needs to defend mm. and monsters will be flowing into the maze from different locations and you'll be collecting dots because the dots are required to fuel your powers. So um, if if you don't have any dots left in your bank, you can't use any of your powers. So you have to be kind of constantly moving to keep uh, your stock up and then judiciously using them to take out your enemies. Very cool. How much of that did you sort of sketch out before you started uh, programming? Lots. Um, Thanks. I uh, like. I I just um, I uh, uh, I have a Microsoft Surface, and so um, I just like doodle everything in there, and. Uh, just every random thought that comes to me. So, uh, you know, and and it's funny because I always do it just as like one idea gets one page. So eventually if and I if a an idea's page gets huge enough, I go I've been thinking about this a lot. Like maybe time to build it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like this uh prog- progression that you use. That's a good idea. Um and you've done the as like your other games, you've done the art. So, um, uh, I of course I, I love what you decided to do. And then I was like, oh, there's a term for this. So now I'm I'm curious. Like, uh, so it's called voxel art. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean it's very it's very Minecrafty. It's very blocky. Um, uh, I mean, I get compared to Minecraft a lot, um, but I mean. Probably a more accurate comparison and more realistic would be Crossy Road um, because I'm using the same tools as they are. <laughs> uh, and because, uh, you know, I because uh, I think Crossy Road first came out right around the same time as the competition um, or maybe just before the competition was announced. So that's when I started um, like I started playing Crossy Road and I'm like, this is crisp. It's, you know, it's 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 really nice. And just you know it had a happy fun feel and and i mean it's it's also i mean mine's a very retro inspired game so i mean it having that blockiness to the world um gives it a nice kind of throwback feel even though it's in vr and the, the other the other uh you know I, the one that i don't admit to as much is that um <clears throat> When your graphics are super, super real, first of all, it takes a lot of work. But beyond yep. that, um, in virtual reality, um, I find that for some people, not everyone, but for some people, the more real the graphics are, the more prone they are to motion sickness mm-hmm. because it's close enough to what they expect that when there's something wrong with how their senses are tying into that, it it doesn't jive as well. But when it's really surreal, people's brains tend to shift out of that a bit better. Wow. That, that does make a lot of sense. Like I, the only time I've used the Oculus, yeah, I got a little bit sick, but I was like walking around in a virtual world, but my body was standing still. So. Yeah. And that's, I mean, there's so many little things about it and those are, I, you know, I probably should have mentioned them earlier in the challenges, but <laughs> we were talking about challenges, but there's, um, uh, like the latency obviously is like if you move your head and there's even a split second where, it, where the, the display takes to catch up, your body notices that and it, it, it really throws you off. Um, but, um, 
yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of little things like that um, that can make people sick. And a lot of them are being solved on the hardware side by Oculus, by lowering the latency, by, um, you know, like all that sort of stuff. But uh, uh, one of the one of the ones that I thought was so funny early on is that if you actually render a virtual nose in VR in front of people that it makes them less motion sick. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So there was a group who actually started like you could see the tip of a nose in the middle of the display and it really helped people. (laughs) Hmm. Um, And since then, um, you know, a lot of people have found that it's really just having a fixed object, a something. And Mm -hmm. so the the cursor, like the the crosshair helps with that. Um, You know, so having a fixed object on the scene really helps the motion sickness. That's uh yeah, that's really cool. Like that's yeah, you know. And now you have to create a reason inside your virtual games for people to don Groucho Marx glasses. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Put these on. Oh, I feel much better. It's interesting that no I wonder if anyone any developers have like spun those kind of issues into like uh the game them the games themselves. VR uh, snot rocket. So. Yes. <laughs> what was that? It was like a '90s game or 2000s, like Redneck Rampage, and like I, I think that's what it was called. And you you drank beer to heal yourself, but if you drank too much, you got drunk and you couldn't control your player. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> oh, Redneck Rampage, so terrible, so terrible. <laughs> wow. Go me. I'm so classy. Yeah. <laughs> That's Kingdom of Loathing, too. You can drink to have more adventures, but if you drink too many drinks, your your adventuring will be over <laughs> for the day. Oh, I forgot about that. That's uh, because I was a teetotaler for that last run. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need to log in. Uh, so... So yeah, uh, you. I'm assuming that uh, since you love developing games, you must uh, play them as well uh, when you find time in the 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. time period. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I uh, yeah, I mean, I just I, I love a lot of different types of games. I'm not so much of a like my my kind of the one that I tend to stay away from is anything that's too like realistic gun games, like the call of duties and all that sort of stuff. Um, sure, uh, yeah. I like, I like my, I like what little, you know, uh, what little time I get to be as out there and you know, like, uh, you know, surrealistic as possible, uh, to pull me out of, uh, you know, the daily grind sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, like, I've always loved the Fallout series. I'm still digging Fallout 4. Um, I love so many indie games. Um, I, and it was funny cause I, uh, um, I met the guy, uh, at MIGS who made, um, keep talking and nobody explodes. And, uh, which is still one of my favorite, uh, VR games because it's a party game. And, um, and I met him and uh, found out that he was also the person responsible for uh, what was it called? Uh, DLC Quest. I don't know if you guys ever played that one. Um, no. But 
but basically um it was a it was a game making fun of the then DLC situation where you know everything everything in the game was basically DLC <laughs> and so uh so the DLC quest uh and I think he may actually be out of Montreal now that I think about it but uh um yeah, um, DLC quest was like you started and I don't even think the game had much of a menu or anything until you bought the menu DLC in the game. Um, and I mean, you're all, you're using in-game currency, right? But it was, <laughs> it was just this cute little RPG where, um, you always had to make money in order to buy the DLC to pro- progress. And, uh, there was lots of little like, meta jokes about the uh, you know indie indie development and the current development scene and so i love little weird games like that i love um uh binding of isaac i keep going back to and uh yeah there's so many <laughs> i love so many games and i've got like i have consoles from like i've got an original atari pong all the way up to like ps4 kind of thing and i don't have them all but i've got a lot <laughs> nice Oh, nice. You have Pong. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Throw, whip out the D batteries. It's game time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I had um, – well, my uncle had and then I inherited. It was – I looked it up once so that I could find it, possibly even for podcast notes once. But I had uh, – it was like right after Pong where it was like the motorcycle jumping the buses thing. Have you ever seen that game? Motorcycle jumping the buses. I forget what it's called, but uh, basically there's like two buses and you have a motorcycle and you go up a ramp and jump them. And then the next level is three buses and it just goes on until the buses are off the screen. And uh, my uncle had this console that was actually two motorcycle grips and the right one, like you would twist it like a motorcycle and that's your speed. And if you overshot the ramp at the end, then you would crash and die. And <laughs> Wow. Yeah. And the great thing about that little game system was like, yeah, you just hook it up to your TV and play. But then like you just flip a switch and plug in two paddles and you can play Pong as well. So oh, nice. <laughs> and I was always like, why did I let this thing go away? And I mean, it, it went it was his and then it was mine. And I'm sure he got it used. So eventually, like the left motorcycle handle broke off and was glued back on several times. But I'm like, where did that end up? <laughs> you know, not that anyone has like a tube TV to play it on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's the thing about these old consoles is it can be difficult now to find a TV with the right kind of hookup to play it on. I just found it. Stunt Cycle by Atari. Yes, Stunt Cycle. Oh my goodness, that is awesome. Yeah, I think I <laughs> uh, I went down the rabbit hole and like figured out like what it was called so I could post it in show notes or something. And then I was like on eBay and stuff. And I was like, okay, yeah. stop this. Get out of here. <laughs> I love that the box's selling point is jump 32 buses in your living room. <laughs> 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 this needs a VR update, I think. Um. <laughs> yeah, you got to get it right so that, like, when it gets past the end of the screen, like, somehow you have to make it in VR that you can't see the buses, like, depth of field at the end. So you have no idea how far <laughs> it's to a foggy jump. day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> update it with a little track and field fun so that, like, you can actually jump into, like, a dock or something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
So, wow, you have lots of consoles then. That must be fun. Yeah, it is. My, um, it's, uh, it's fun. It's fun for me as a parent <laughs> because I, I saw an article about a guy who was um, making his kids play through the consoles chronologically. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to do that, but I, I can't be that cruel. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. But every now and then we bust one of the old ones out and I'll let them play some of the old games and they love it. That's cool. Yeah, I've kinda I kinda lost the uh the momentum as you were talking about with some of your other uh games that you started on. I lost the momentum, but I was kinda working on building like a MAME system with an a Raspberry Pi. In fact that was the Raspberry Pi one and now there's two more and I'm still not done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, the same thing. Like I start finding some ROMs, uh, completely legit, uh, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. And because uh, you're only and, downloading ROMs for cartridges that you already own. That's right. Yes, in a giant box that I shipped to Canada from when I moved. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, some of those games, and I like load them in, and I was like, oh yeah, I remember this one. Oh yeah, I never want to play this again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny because you have a lot of nostalgia for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred games, which are like way worse than anything ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and it's yeah, it's funny because they you kind of I don't know you kind of they 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 I feel like graphics get better in your mind as your separation from the game gets further. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know, like it's. It kind of like, I mean, it's, it's the nature of memory, right? Like, yeah, you know, some of the newer graphics get kind of overlaid on the old memories and, you know, that's the wonderful thing about having imperfect brains. Yeah. I mean, it's the whole, it's the whole story too, right? Like that time you played that game was with your two best friends and, you know, it's, it all goes down to that. Like there's so many songs that I'm always like, Oh, I love that song. And then I hear it and I'm like, "Eh, do I? But then if I see the video with it on YouTube, I'm like, Oh, I'm nostalgic for the video and the song together. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. So I I remember thinking, I remember thinking the graphics on Zelda two were just like amazing. These are blowing me away right now. And then like link to the past came out and this is, this is the most amazing graphics ever. Graphics are never going to get better than this. And, and they didn't, a and link they, to the past is the greatest. That's so. correct. <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> uh Oh, Nintendo people. Um, wow. us Nintendo people have many reasons to be sad right now. So let's yeah. just, <laughs> Let's just remember Link to the Past, please. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Back to uh, your obsession with virtual death. Um, <laughs> nice. Nice transition, Chris. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> to the transition from, oh, yeah, Nintendo's dying. So let's talk about death again. <laughs> is there space in the graveyard for them is my question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A mausoleum. <laughs> Um, no, did that project start? I saw your, uh, on your webpage. I, I wasn't here then probably, but you did a nerd night presentation, uh, uh, similar to this subject matter and you used graphics from the defunct, uh, 
glitch game. So did your project come after or before glitch died? (laughs) Um, I'm trying to remember when it, uh, I think, I think it came, uh, I think it came right around the same time that it was dying. I, I'm trying to remember which game it was that really triggered it for me. I think it was like maybe the Warhammer game or, um, it may have even been Asheron's Call 2 that made me think about it. So um, I was I was big into – like I was never one of those guys who really like hardcore got into a single um, MMO except for the original Asheron's Call. That one was – that one was for some reason for me like the be-all and end-all for MMOs. And uh, – um, and, and mostly I think it was just because they put in such weird things. Like there was some weird stuff in that game. Like they had books in the game that were blank books that you could write in and, <clears throat> and it would persist in the game. So you could write a book in the game and that's now a persistent object in the game that people could pass around and trade and, you know, so, and, uh, you know, and I'm, I, I'm an occasional, writer not a great one but um and but i i became obsessed with it at the time i was like i'm gonna write short stories and that's what my character is gonna do he's a short story writer in an mmo and i just roamed around writing short stories and like and and i was actually i'd actually got to the point where i was kind of trading them for weapons and stuff like that and uh, it was just a it was a bizarre game <laughs> 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 and uh, and then, you know, years later, I wanted to go back in and see if any of my because, um, I mean, it's still running like Ashron's call is still running. Uh, so like years later, I went I wanted to go in and see if my character still had any of that stuff on him or if any of those stories were in. And it was such a pain getting into the into the game and trying to figure out how to reactivate my account and finding out what, like trying to remember what server my characters were on. And and I was like, you know, like I wish I'd just written this down somewhere. And then, (laughs) and then I, and that's when the idea occurred to me, I was like, or if I had buried my character with a bunch of this data, then if I decide to go back to it later, Mm -hmm. um, I'd have a reference Right. Like, I mean, even if it's just like securing people's passwords and stuff in there and like, you know, like so that sure your character's dead, but I mean, they're fictional characters and fictional characters come back from the dead all the time. So (laughs) (laughs) this is true. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, there's not, uh, I'm surprised that, uh, we don't have our usual lurkers, but we've been, uh, we took a week off because I was gone. So in the chat room, I'm going to post your the link even just for my own use later when I do show notes to your uh, Life and Death uh, Nerd Night presentation because that was – I like that you sort of turned your presentation into a game rather than just do slides or something. Yeah, I did I did the game uh, in – I did uh, the presentation uh, using Construct 2. And so I actually gave myself three lives and put challenges in the way. Um, so I had to like survive my own presentation, <laughs> which, which was fun. The crowd loved it. It was, you know, like it was, it was fun to like suddenly have my character splat into a pile of gore in the middle of a presentation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I could do that more at work. 
<laughs> I don't think the government of Alberta would be incredibly receptive to me coming in like, first of all, you know, spending like a week and a half of time just building a single presentation and then <laughs> and then them having to watch me respawn halfway through and go through the first half of the presentation again. <laughs> yeah, you're uh that's that was my question when Paul was asking you about uh, working with the Oculus. I was like, it's very once you figure it out, like it's okay. But when you first start working in three dimensional space on a one dimensional computer screen, it's quite off putting. So then I was like, now the Oculus, like you said, it just sort of replaces the game camera, but it almost is like. Like you must have like a zero zero point, an origin point somewhere, so you know where to put elements in the game. Or I guess uh, <laughs> my only my only example of like how difficult that must be is actually from watching you on Twitch when you were trying to figure out uh, places to respawn players. You were having difficulty with that when I was watching you. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I mean it's. It can be, it, yeah. I mean, and it's it, it's they're just different challenges from any other kind of game development. But the, the I don't really find like they're that much harder or anything. It's just sometimes it's sometimes it's just wrapping your brain around it, right? Like, sure. Um, uh, the uh, one of the things I'm I'm working with right now is just the the character loading screen. Like when you first choose your character, um. I want to have a fair number of characters and some unlockable ones, but fitting them all on screen while still maintaining that sense of scale and awe is tough, right? Like, I mean, if you think of a Street Fighter 2 character selection screen where you've got a whole bunch of characters on the screen, um, you have that sort of small space where there's a recognizable icon for them and then they and then there's a like a larger character that comes up when you select it but that sort of thing when you're in a virtual space doesn't work as well um because of how you select things first of all i mean you're using your neck to select things generally right like you can use the controller as well but it's just not the same and um yeah it's just it's a weird challenge and it's it's kind of a fun one because uh, you want you want the characters to still, you know, be impressive and have life and character um, without being, you know, like and one of the easiest ways, of course, to make things smaller is, of course, you just move them further away from the player um, to fit them all in. But then you also don't want them to have to turn their chair too much to th see things on either side because some people won't. Um, that's the funny thing is, uh, with my, with my current control scheme, I find that people get into the game and they spend the first probably two to three minutes looking around. They sit in their chair and they just look around and they get a good sense of where they are and they kind of soak in the game. <laughs> um, but then, um, my controls were very classic kind of Pac-Man, right? Like you run to the end of the line and then you pu you push right and your character turns you 90 degrees, which, uh, first of all, uh, turning the player's point, like a view, um, 
is good for some people, but also makes some people sick. Mm. And especially depending on how, um, like if you do it too slow or too fast, like there's kind of a sweet spot in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but like if you do it too, fo- too slow or too fast, too fast and they get disoriented, too slow and they get sick. And, um, and so I've been trying to eliminate that entirely. Um, so that it's almost more first person shooterish where you can just kind of look in a direction and then it evens out your view. It kind of like, sure. it's, it almost like kind of forces your head back to the center a little bit. Um, but, um, yeah. And so that's, that's been a weird challenge. But then the other thing is, is that with my control scheme, I found that, um, after people were done that initial period of looking around, that they just looked dead straight on and would not lift or their head or turn to either side. They were laser focused down that hallway. <laughs> and, uh, and so that's another one that I'm trying to work my way around. And I mean, it's better once like the more players you have in there and the more um, angles danger is coming from, the more people look around. Like once they learn that they're could, sure. Yeah. And, and the other thing about that, that's, really important that I haven't implemented yet is positional audio because when someone can hear something coming from behind them to the right, they look behind them to the right. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and so, uh, so that's a super important part. And there's a, a developer, uh, two brothers, I think here in Edmonton who, uh, for one of the game jams built a game where you're just dodging throwing stars that come out, come at you from, uh, the forest and you're standing in a clearing and you can hear them coming like, <laughs> and they got, they nailed their positional audio with it. And I mean, it's, the most simple game, but it was so fun. And it was just because danger is coming from everywhere and you're, you're, you're properly processing it. Like the latency was really low. You were, you're actually standing in the room and you're looking around and moving around. And so, yeah, it's, yeah, it was really cool. Sounds terrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and because the thing is, is because Oculus doesn't know where your body is, right? So you are just protecting your head. So they're all coming at your head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> it's got to be tempting to just like take a feather to someone's face when they're doing that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's funny because when I was in Montreal, they uh, um, the uh, guys from uh, the uh, minority media team who do uh, the – time machine VR. They, um, while I was playing, um, a couple other devs from red meat games and that they all gathered around me cause I couldn't see them. I couldn't hear them. And they photobombed me and I didn't know about it until like an hour after when someone was like, Hey, check this out. <laughs> and now my kids, anytime they see a picture of someone wearing a VR headset, they're like, is that person getting photobombed? Like, no, there have to be other picture people in the picture for that. They're like, oh, they just assume that that's that's what you do to people when they're in a VR headset now. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Wow, time flies when we yeah. are talking VR. Crazy. Uh, I threw down a gauntlet, and uh, you accepted. <laughs> uh oh. <clears throat> I I'm feeling very sorry for Paul at this point. Uh huh. Um, because he. Usually does not do well in the quizzes. This is true. 
That's mostly because I'm older than Paul, but um, <laughs> so my knowledge is uh, comes from a a time forgotten. <laughs> but uh, Aaron will remember this time quite well. This may be an unfair advantage in today's Montreal Sauce Quiz. <laughs> so today's quiz is brought to you by a young boy in 1982 who got his first cassette recorder. Um, I've decided to quiz you both on the mega sensational group Buckner and Garcia, the first <laughs> tape I ever bought. <laughs> All right. I do not have an advantage on that one. <laughs> oh, I, I'm not giving out bonus points. No one knows who Buckner and Garcia are. <laughs> I nope. do not. Nice. Wow, okay. You guys are on even ground then. Buckner and Garcia are the hit duo behind the awesome 80s song Pac-Man Fever. Ah, okay. (laughs) Okay. So they recorded Pac-Man Fever, got a record deal, and recorded a whole album of video game songs. So I have questions about the group and the songs. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, Aaron, I'm going to ask you first. Uh, um, the prize is the glory, um, or we can always give away the uh, – um, you can give us a, a tattoo design that our um, imaginary sound engineer will get um, if you win. I'll take it. So Buckner and Garcia were all set to follow their hit Pac-Man Fever with a song approved by Spielberg about E.T. What was the song called? A. Home is where the heart light is. B. E.T. I love you. C. Phone home. Or D. Elliot's lament. Uh, I'm going to go with D. Elliot's lament. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It was E.T. I Love You. Oh, that's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) As as a follow-up, Paul. Okay. E.T. I Love You was never released because the record company had another group or artist who wrote a song inspired by the film. Who was it? A, Foreigner, B, Rick Springfield, C, Diana Ross, or D, Neil Diamond? Oh, boy. (laughs) Really feels like something Foreigner would do, but for no reason at all, I'm going to say Neil Diamond. Whoa, you just took the lead. You are correct. It was Neil Diamond? Seriously? Yeah, I love so, Neil Diamond. <laughs> You'd think I'd know that. <laughs> yep. So strangely enough, Buckner and Garcia had this song that they were inspired when they saw the movie called E.T. I Love You. Spielberg said, go for it. And they were like, all right, let's do this. And Neil Diamond was with the same record company. And he was also inspired by the movie with two other people he went to see it with. And so they wrote a song called Heartlight. And I think that's even the name of the Neil Diamond album that he released it on. (laughs) And he ended up paying Universal like $25,000 because the song was inspired by E.T. So he wouldn't get sued or something like that. 
Oh my God. I knew, I even know that song and I'm like, I had no idea there was an ET reference in there. That is so terrible. <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> so Aaron Paul's ahead one zero, but you can do it. All right, uh, right. Like all the songs on the Pac-Man fever album, mousetrap is based on a video game. What's the gameplay? What is it about this mousetrap video game? A, is it based on the board game? B, you navigate your mouse across the carpet without setting off traps. Like each level gets more traps. C, a mystery game based on the Agatha Christie book. Or D, it's a Pac-Man clone. I'm going to say D, it's a Pac-Man clone. That is correct. (laughs) That's right. It was the, I believe, the Intellivision version of Pac-Man. And then later, I think it came out on Atari because the Atari Pac-Man was horrendous. Oh, it was. (laughs) Yeah. I was, it was funny when you were talking about it, for some reason I got it messed up in my head with Mappy because I was thinking mice and Mappy was good. (laughs) Ah, I, I was going to like describe as like a bad answer, um, a different game. And then I was like, Oh no, that's really confusing because I can't remember what the arcade game was called, but it had like race cars and there was like a maze. But then the version I had on the Commodore was called Radar Rat Race. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and I was like, that's confusing because they're mousetrap rats. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Paul, yes. in 1999, they reissued the Pac-Man Fever album and then followed it up with a new album. No songs about video games on the new album, but they did have a song about a 90s craze. What was it? A... Pogs, B, Beanie Babies, C, Tamagotchi, or D, Furbies? A number of those seem like they're more 2000 than 90s. Well, <laughs> but it's 1999. Is 1999, yeah. So yeah. I guess I could have said 90s, 2000 craze. I want to go with uh, Pogs, but if it's not if it's ninety nine Pogs, it feels like that's a little late for Pogs. What were they again? Uh, Pogs. Hints here, dude. Hints. (laughs) Those were actually in eighteen (laughs) sixty (laughs) four. It was Pogs, Beanie Babies, Tamagotchi, or Furby. Tamagotchi. Oh, I'm sorry, you're wrong. Oh. It was actually Pogs. Oh! <laughs> Did it to myself. Yes, it's common. I always go with the first answer, right? Yeah, I should. It comes to your head. Um, Aaron, which Disney film in, say, the last 10 years did they actually do a song for? A, Cars 2, B, Wreck-It Ralph, C, Bolt, or D, Underdog? It's got to be Wreck-It Ralph. You are correct, sir. I had no idea. I had to listen to it on YouTube today. I can't remember what no. it's called. Yeah, it, makes, it's, it makes so much sense. But <laughs> is, it, yeah. is, it in the, uh, is it in the ending credits, maybe? 
It might be. It's like the story of the actual game. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I'm I'm familiar with the song. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> you see the movie every three days? Basically, yeah. My daughter loves that movie. So, <laughs> And she, lo- she actually, what part of her favorite is getting to the credits because she loves all the songs that go through all the cre- that go through the credits. So she watches all the credits every time we watch the movie. Oh wow, <laughs> that's great. Um, all right, Aaron is leading two to one, Paul. But uh, this one's gonna help, I think. Uh, apparently, their fame wasn't restricted to failed uh, movie tie-in songs <laughs> or, and video games. Uh, they also did a song for a TV show. Which theme song did they do? Was it for A, BJ and the Bear, B, The Misadventures of Sheriff Lobo, C, WKRP in Cincinnati, or D, Bosom Buddies? Thinking mm, hard. Yeah. He's I'm trying o- to find them on Netflix right I'm now. I'm overthinking it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do, do, do. Give me him again one more time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, BJ and the Bear, The Misadventures of Sheriff Lobo, <laughs> WKRP in Cincinnati, or Bosom Buddies? Uh, WKRP in Cincinnati. That is correct. Wow. Well done. Wow. That was surprising. I. I was like, I was ready to hand out the hints, but that one would have been too easy because they originally from like Ohio, those guys. Oh, okay. So um, being is that uh, we are not in the uh, must listen to list and iTunes for podcasts and also that podcast, uh, the whole market is very saturated. I have no qualms with playing clips of these songs. <laughs> so, Aaron, I'm going to play you a clip of one of the songs from the album, and you just need to tell me the name of the video game. Won't this be fun? Are you ready? I'm ready. Elevator action. Ooh. Wow. That's a great guess, but no, it's Donkey uh, Kong. Oh. Oh, that uh. makes sense. Yep. Yep. I it was tough because like there is another bit of the song. Like they they say like so much of the plots of the games. I'm like, oh I can't do this. And then um, <laughs> this song. He starts out with, like, you grab the umbrella and then you answer the phone. And I'm like, I don't remember an umbrella in Donkey Kong, but I don't remember a phone. That's really confusing. <laughs> and then he's, there's another part with, like, the hammer and the fire. And I was like, okay. But then as soon as he says that, like, the next thing he says is jump over a barrel. I'm like, oh, too easy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. It's still 2-2. Two, two. These always end in ties. It's fun because then I don't write enough questions. Um, Okay, Paul, I've got a song for you, too. Okay. Sorry, this was my least favorite song on the album when I was a kid. All right, here we go. The spiders are his only friends. If you can get them before they get you, they go back to the top and you start. 
spiders are his only friends. <laughs> and they go back to the top. Ooh, maybe Aaron will steal this if you don't get it. I do not know this game. I have no idea. Classic arcade game. Say say a classic arcade game. Yes. <laughs> Is it Donkey Kong Jr.? No. Or I'm trying to think who has spiders. I really wish I would have. I, I stopped myself from doing the whole song because then, like, then we could be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, don't even tempt yourself. But yeah, so many of these songs are filled with sound effects from the games, too. That'd be total giveaway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no random guess, Paul. Aaron's no. thrown out two. Really? No, I don't have one. It was Centipede. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. A uh, 80s game about bugs, you know, insects and arachnids, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well done, ego ant. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, now we're tied. And yeah, this is when Chris needs more questions. Um, so you guys, I don't, have you been cheating? No one's looked online yet? Nope. Nope. All right. You'd know it because I have this huge mechanical keyboard. (laughs) (laughs) So can you, uh, so Aaron, I guess, uh, that last one was Paul's Aaron. Can you Name a video game that you think that one of the eight songs is besides, well, one of the seven songs is besides, well, now we did Pac-Man and Donkey Kong and Centipede, so what's another game they might have did a song for? Defender. That is correct. Yeah. Oof. Okay, Paul. Classic video game that they might have done a song for. <laughs> uh, uh, Yar's Revenge. Oh, sorry. Damn it. How about Berserk? Was that on there? That is correct. Look at you. (laughs) (laughs) Just now you're running away with it. Now now we have to hand you the game. Yeah, now you've got four to two. (laughs) No other guesses, Paul? Um, Respectable. uh, I can picture the game in my head, but I I can't for the life of me remember its title. (laughs) <laughs> I guess a super obvious one might be Space Invaders. No, wow. No. I'm really about, surprised. Oh, go ahead. Galaga. Nope, no Galaga. Galaxian. <laughs> Galaxian, nope. yeah, that'd be a good one. No, you guys are missing like yeah, like the kings of the arcade where you're like Pac-Man, I mean, Centipede is kind of up there. And then there's one more that was like on every console that I'm surprised you guys haven't guessed. Or two more actually, but. Mario Brothers? Nope. Uh... I couldn't even do the song because he does this horrible voice for it. It makes me. <laughs> um but uh, all right, give them to us. <laughs> the one I was thinking of that I was sure you guys would get was Frogger. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Frogger. 
And then the other one that it's weird because the song isn't the same. It's called the song that they have is called Hyperspace, but the video game is actually Asteroids, Asteroids. and all the sound effects. Oh, sure. yeah, yeah, of course. And I was like, oh, that one. Yep. Well, yeah, because hyperspace was the button you had, right? Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So you had you had fire and hyperspace. Yes. Yeah, so the the album that I the the cassette I had as a kid <laughs> was Pac-Man Fever Frogger's Lament Ode to a Centipede, which is just such a bizarre song. Um it's like they just had nothing for that one. So he does a few lyrics like I gave you about the game and then he's like I'm going to get you. I'm going to find you. (laughs) So (laughs) randomly bizarre. Uh, Do the Donkey Kong, um, Hyperspace, The Defender, um, Mousetrap, which we talked about in an earlier question, and then Going Berserk. Nice. Yeah. Quite interesting. Yeah, they never wanted to be a novelty band, and then that's all they ever did. (laughs) (laughs) Words spoken by every novelty band ever. Yes. True. (laughs) So true. I just want to stop this and make something real from the soul. (laughs) That's right. But for now, I need money to afford instruments. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. Or in my case, VR headsets. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yep. Oh, I, I forgot to add the bit of trivia that was kind of interesting is, uh, unfortunately, um, Garcia passed away, uh, but the song on Wreck-It Ralph, the title song, um, is uh, credited to both of them, even though Buckner uh, worked with someone else. Mm. Oh, kind wow. of a nice little thing that they did there. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Okay, so that was the quiz. Congratulations, Aaron. You're the winner. Oh, thanks. <laughs> that means I feel you... like I didn't embarrass myself on this one. Yeah, I will send along my tattoo pattern as soon as possible. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, that that was uh, that's. That was it for my questions, too. I'm super excited that we got a chance to talk to you. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Yeah, really, taking the time out of your busy schedule to do that. Oh, well, I mean, it's you you who's going to have to answer to the three fans of Dot. So, I mean, when the game's (laughs) delayed. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I'll tell you what, we'll try to get the podcast out before then. (laughs) <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> we were going to release this episode, but uh, we want to wait until he gets docked on. <laughs> I like it. Um, so, uh, Aaron, like uh, the traditional where can people find you the kind of jazz, we can do that on the end of the podcast as people always do. But is there anything that you want to plug with Dot or, you know, GDX is coming up for like the live listeners or anything? Yeah, I mean, uh, GDX, obviously, um, there's uh, um, uh, yeah, I think I've, I think I've mostly plugged pretty much everyone. 
that I wanted to plug. Uh, I mean, I probably said Microsoft about a hundred times, and I mean, <laughs> you know, adult wouldn't be where it is <laughs> if it hadn't been for their con- competition. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's about it. Thanks for having me on, guys. And uh, yeah, this was great. Oh, and uh, the other thing is, is um, if you want us, if anyone wants to see the game, um, today was an oddly media heavy day for me. I've, I've done that. You are now. You were originally going to be my pretty much my first interview about the game, and then someone from uh, City TV's Dinner TV called me two days ago, and so I went in and filmed today, and I'm going to have a little segment on uh, Dinner TV on Sunday. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, so you get to see an uh, um, you get to see Jason, one of their hosts, who's an ex Oiler, uh, experience VR for his first time. So that was kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, we're we're kind of a big deal. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. That's awesome. And then people can find you online using the uh, Ego Ant uh, handle everywhere. Yeah, I mean, if you just type in E-G-O-A-N-T, <laughs> that's pretty much me. So, uh, yeah, even the even the really weird, ranting, crazy stuff that you find, that's probably also me. <laughs> <laughs> and they can find you on Twitch under Ego Ant as well if they want to watch you working on developing at uh, 1 in the morning, right? Yeah, and uh, uh, also I do occasional stuff on my YouTube channel, which is also Egoant, um, and uh, including uh, I, I have a, a, a strange, sudden fan base from like the like just some weird places around the world. Like I've been getting a lot of followers from like the Philippines and uh, and that sort of stuff. And at first I thought it was I thought it was like spam followers kind of thing but then they started asking like good questions in the chat and being really nice and it's like this is really strange like these people really want to know something so i've been doing more xdk like app development kind of videos lately because they're asking for them so oh that's really great that's awesome um yeah i think at one point uh for whatever really strange reason the numbers kind of evened out so maybe ours were spam but i think at one point paul was telling me that we had like a lot of people in vietnam listening yeah (laughs) um i was like oh okay that's cool it's probably but it's probably because it's like the only country we've never offended on this show could be (laughs) probably (laughs) (laughs) my last quiz that we probably aired was with uh taryn arnold of uh Patreon and I thought she would be fun for a quiz, but I was so busy that day I didn't have time to drum one up. So I used some cards that a deck of cards my wife had that was like trivia about Sweden. <laughs> so we certainly don't have any Swedish listeners anymore because we completely offended them <laughs> with our guesses and like, what does that even mean? So. <laughs> Nice. Uh, So, yeah, thanks to those of you that listen live. And if you're listening in your headphones on your way to work or on a bus because you download the show from iTunes or our website, I hope the future is great for you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Please send us a note back uh, in April and tell us what July is like. Uh, (laughs) And, uh, yeah. Thanks uh, again to mom for listening and um, 
Yeah, you can find me at sickdays.me and then you can find the weird places that I've been writing lately and uh, my website and all other kinds of weird things that I've been doing. Um, and it's just sick days, S-I-K-K-D-A-Y-S on Twitter as well, if that's your flavor. Then there's Paul. Then there's me, yes. You can find me at uh, padizio.com, P-A-D-I-Z-I-O.com, uh, which has links to the various other places that I exist in different incarnations online, um, including my Twitter, which is Paul D, P-A-U-L-D. Nice and short, succinct. Succinct. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot to thank our patrons. Uh, we have a couple patrons on Patreon. Maybe we'll have to, like, refer Aaron to Patreon, and then we get some sort of weird referral thing going on. I don't know. They just started it. <laughs> yeah, it's like an Amway thing, right? It's yeah, people. right. Like, whatever <laughs> whatever you make, Aaron, we, we get par- a portion of it if we refer you. You, too, can start your own business, Aaron. Just join us. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Patreon now costs $500 to join. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, yeah, thanks to our patrons. You can check out our Patreon page. We need to blog there more, but we've been really busy. We have awesome new business cards, and uh, we've been trying to get our podcast in other locations. So we're working. We're working, I swear. Uh, But go there for updates and blogs and tell us what you want to hear. You don't want to listen to Aaron talk about stuff? Then tell us on Patreon, and we will never invite Aaron back ever again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we'll just make him watch a terrible movie and join us on film frown instead yeah <laughs> that's right that's right uh so yeah check out uh patreon.com slash m sauce i believe that's how it goes and uh yeah we will be back in two weeks hopefully possibly with a yeah. sauce packet possibly with a guest who knows it's 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 like that when Chris is busy and he hasn't scheduled people. That's true. That's true. In the meantime, there's plenty of shows to release, so we'll That's right. we'll get we'll get moving on that. Coolio. All right. Remember, if life gives you potatoes, make poutine. <laughs>